0: Hello and welcome to Engage with Eagle Forum. My name is Kirsten Hassler and I'm the Executive Director of Eagle Forum.
1: Today I'm joined by my colleague. I'm Tabitha Walter and we are joined today by Emily Frazee. She is a stay-at-home mom and author of the Total Wine blog. She tackles motherhood, faith, and fertility awareness, which is the topic we are talking about today. Welcome to the podcast, Emily. Why don't you tell us about yourself and how you became a blogger?
2: Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, so I started out at actually at Family Research Council as uh, the assistant to um, General Boykin after I graduated college, and um, I actually started to do a lot of writing and editing projects for him, and discovered that that was one of my one of my favorite things to do. And so after I quit to stay home, you know, I still there was still that void, so I started writing um, and started this blog. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of taken off from there and started to take on a life of its own that I didn't exactly anticipate. It's been a thrill and
1: adventure. So so Emily is actually one of our fans of the podcast. And um, our, as you know, our podcast usually tackles issues that are political in nature. And uh, the topic we're talking about today, fertility awareness, it's not exactly political. At least the methods aren't. Um, and there's not really like a natural family planning bill in Congress. So, um, let's talk about one of the political issues that may surround this issue, um, which is the birth control pill. Uh, can you talk about that and why, um, it can be a danger to women and the history behind that?
2: Yeah, so this is kind of the, the dirty little secret about uh, birth control that, um, you know, we're all, as, as pro-lifers, we're all very familiar with Margaret Sanger and her ties to abortion and eugenics, but uh, very few people know that she was actually behind the formulation of the birth control pill as well. Um, she contacted a, uh, a millionaire by the name of Catherine McCormick, who funded the studies of Harvard professor Gregory E. Pincus. Um, and he did some some pretty shady things to formulate the birth control pill. Um, he did these experiments on his college students, and you know, basically withheld passing grades unless they participated in the studies. And when he ran out of students, he went down to Puerto Rico and uh, experimented on mental patients. Um, And, you know, all of the just absolutely nasty side effects that come with birth control, depression, anxiety, um, just to name a couple, uh, these were all logged. And uh, the only thing that was changed was the dosage slightly, and it was fast-tracked to the market.
1: Obviously, the birth control pill has some really nasty roots um, in history. And things have changed throughout time, but it's still very dangerous for our bodies. Can you talk about the effects that it has on women today?
2: Yeah, so this is, um, I mean, it's it's a pretty strange thing. So women who go on the pill report cases of increased risk of depression, mood swings, headaches weight gain, breast tenderness, low libido, which is kind of ironic, and nausea, and the long-term side effects are more extreme, like anxiety, panic attacks, and even reproductive issues later on in life, and this kind of goes back to um, understanding how the birth control pill actually works. It introduces synthetic hormones into the woman's body that essentially shuts down her entire reproductive system. So what will often happen is, is that if a woman has a fertility issue, the pill is not regulating her period, as she's told, and it's not uh, treating the issue at all. It's simply putting a Band-Aid over it and letting it fester. I know I hear cases from women all the time who, um, you know, were put on the birth control pill early in their life to regulate, to quote unquote, regulate their period. Um, and later on in life when they come off the pill and they want to start a family, they discover that, you know, they can't conceive, they have difficulty conceiving, or they are, you know, straight up infertile. Many of these cases you see, you find out that these women are diagnosed with endometriosis and, you know, debilitating diseases. And they, what's crazy is, is that these women have been gaslit throughout their entire lives. You know, their doctors are like, oh, these, these symptoms are normal, experiencing, heavy or extremely painful periods is normal, just get on the pill and that'll make it better. And it doesn't make it better, it just covers it up and makes it worse.
0: Well, Emily, you are very well versed in the healthy alternatives to birth control pills. Can you take a deep dive into that and explain a little bit about those different methods?
2: Yeah, so uh, first of all, I wanna distinguish between fertility awareness and natural family planning. A lot of times you'll hear uh, those two phrases used and wonder if there's a difference, there's not. All methods of natural family planning are methods of fertility awareness. It only becomes family planning when you use the information that you gather through fertility awareness to make decisions about your sex life. That's the only distinguishing factor. Um, So within that, there's all kinds of different methods that you can use. The five that I'm fairly familiar with are uh, the Billings Method, uh, Marquette, Symptothermal, fem health which is actually a newer method that's been developed um, and the creighton model Um, so billings fem and creighton rely heavily on uh, the mucus symptom um, looking at cervical mucus Um, marquette method actually has kind of a combination of symptoms but it focuses most heavily on hormone readings with the clear blue fertility monitor and the symptothermal method uh, uses hormone checks, but also confirms ovulation with basal body temperature. So it's a you know taking your temperature every day. That's you know just kind of a rough description of each.
1: Full disclosure: Emily is one of my best friends, so we've had very candid conversations about everything, including this. Uh, when she told me about NFP, I was extremely skeptical, to say the least. One, it sounded like it was a Catholic thing, and I come from an evangelical faith. Two, it didn't seem like it worked. And three, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome, which complicates things off the pill. And uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome is, is like a hormone disorder. But after I was so frustrated with my body being out of whack, I eventually gave in. And she pointed me to instructors and users who could ease my concerns. So, Emily, what do you tell women who are skeptical like I was?
2: Yeah, so uh, don't blame Tabitha because I was the worst poster child for (laughs) NFP effectiveness. I had two surprise babies within three years. Um, And also learned three different methods in three years. Um, So that's actually why (laughs) that was that was a hefty chunk of change. But um, that was that's actually why I I speak about, you know, fertility awareness and NFP because the way that I was taught it at the beginning, it was, you know, there was a lot of things that were lacking and a lot of holes. And so I just kind of wanted to start um, filling in those gaps. But I think the most important thing for me is when I hear people who are skeptical is is first to just listen, you know, because the skepticism isn't necessarily unfounded. And and also to to help people see that when you're talking about fertility awareness, you can't use the same rubrics as birth control because it's not birth control. Birth control is very black and white. Either you get pregnant or you don't, right? But fertility awareness is is very gray in that regard because only one component of it is planning your family it's so much more it's about understanding how a woman's body works working with it understanding the what um, fertility awareness can show us and teach us about just our overall health um so it's just one small component you know i i would say in my case that fertility awareness was actually successful even though we didn't plan our family because i can tell you exactly how they got here (laughs) i know exactly how i got my babies um But yeah, so that's that's kind of where I start. I start with people and then, you know, listening to their story, sharing my experience and then saying, okay, now, what are you looking for? And then trying to direct them in the best
0: area possible in terms of methods. So, Emily, you briefly touched on the benefits of knowing your body through fertility awareness methods. Can you expand a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, so this is a great place to kind of highlight how this isn't really a religious thing, that it's just, it's something that's just basically pro-woman. You can, with, with fertility awareness, you can understand, you know, just the basics of the menstrual cycle. The fact that women don't have 28-day cycles for the most part. Um, you know, the importance of ovulation as a sign of health. Um, you know, how important the length of your luteal phase is to both achieve and sustain a pregnancy. Um, and then, you know, through the cervical mucus observation, you can actually kind of start to, they can point to even other hormonal issues. Like me, for example, I, um, because I had been charting, I had noticed, a, a collection of symptoms and sent that to my, uh, Marquette instructor. And she said, Hey, you need to go get your thyroid checked out. Um, so it's all, it's all kind of linked together. And even for women with irregular cycles, you can start to understand why they're irregular um, and you can start to treat it through, you know, diet, um, if you need to do any kind of therapies for stress even, you know, I mean, it's, it's a holistic health um, practice,
0: essentially. I think that's a really great point that you made because I had no idea that we were able to learn so much about our fertility. And I think... What happened for me is that I was researching, you know, birth control methods while I was a legislative assistant on Capitol Hill, and I came to realize that the hormonal birth control that I had been prescribed was actually an abortifacient. It, it thinned the lining of my uterus so that in the chance I did get pregnant, my baby would not be able to attach my uterine wall and survive, and I just felt like I had been lied to by my healthcare practitioners and by my OB, and I just didn't know where to turn to. And I had always thought that fertility awareness methods were just for Catholics, <laughs> and I'm not Catholic, but how wrong I was! And you know, come to realize there are so many women, regardless of where you stand politically or where you stand um, in terms of your faith, that can this can be so beneficial for them. So I appreciate your knowledge in the subject, and you're sharing it through your through your blog. Yeah,
2: this is this is one of many reasons why I do what I do is because you know it's just. It's criminal the way that women have been lied to for years and told that, you know, shutting down their entire reproductive system is freeing and liberating and you know, gonna open up all of these doors. And like you said, you were lied to, you know, you were not given the full picture, you were not told the truth. And I mean, how insulting. You, you think that I can't handle not to, you know, go all Jack Nicholson, but you think I can't handle the truth, you know? I mean, and, and that's and that's where the empowerment of fertility awareness really comes in because it says no, women are absolutely smart enough to read their bodies. They're absolutely strong enough to share that information with their partner and to have like a truly egalitarian relationship where you're sharing your fertility in that way. Um, yeah, I mean, I the more I learn about birth control, I just it is absolutely baffling to me that it can be hailed as you know the most feminist and empowering thing in the world because nothing, nothing harms women more than that mentality.
1: So, and and one of the ways that I was lied to as well was concerning my PCOS. Like I mentioned earlier, it's a hormonal disorder and it can look different for different people. Some of my symptoms included like acne, um, tiredness, weight gain, um, and irregular periods. I had been prescribed birth control at 14 years old and was on it for 16 years. And I decided to go off to have a baby. When I went off, my body just went crazy. Um, and I knew that was a possibility, but getting in, in check after two pregnancies was nearly impossible. I was pr- prescribed birth control after my second pregnancy. And That didn't work anymore. My periods weren't being regulated. And then they prescribed me a higher dose. And at that point, I was very leery um, because it's a higher dose of hormones going into my body. And so I finally looked at Emily and said, is there anything dealing with natural family planning that tackles the PCOS issue to me. It just seemed like methods were just for people who had regular periods and that wasn't the case at all. She said, yeah, we have like a treasure trove of research on PCOS that I never knew about. And so she hooked me up with an instructor. She even introduced me to some women who have PCOS and who are practicing these methods successfully. And, um, I got to know my own body. What could treat my hormones? Um, I took supplements um, and figured that out to see what was the right combination. I was put on metformin, which some women may or may not need for PCOS. And now I have somewhat of a, quote, regular period, which I never thought I would have off of birth control. And that was such a relief for me um, because I know a lot of women struggle with these kind of issues and it shouldn't only be masked by one option which is birth control there are several options for you out there
2: yeah i i just want to highlight that i mean i thought about this the other day birth control is frankly antiquated especially when you consider the scientific advancements that we're making with fertility awareness and understanding just how interconnected all of the systems of our body are And how much we can read through the signs of our fertility and I did just want to highlight you know you mentioned going on birth control Tabitha when you were 14 years old it can take up to seven years for a girl's cycle to regulate after she starts in puberty nobody I I only recently found that out you know and and I know that many many young girls go on birth control because they have irregular cycles and none of them are being told that that's totally normal um, so, you know, again, it's just there's this covering up of, of the truth
0: about, about the way that our bodies work and what's normal and what's actually not. So we could probably sit here and talk for hours about all these different methods and all the knowledge that you now know and pick your brain on, on X, Y, and Z. But if you were in an elevator, you're stuck with someone, what would you tell them about fertility awareness and what would you like our listeners to know? Uh, so the elevator ride,
2: I'm hoping, is the Empire State Building and we're going from the bottom to the very top. <laughs> so I would, I would tell this woman that, you know, I understand your skepticism, um, but first of all, fertility awareness is no longer the rhythm method. Nobody practices that. The chart on your OBGYN's wall is giving you the statistics for perfect use for the pill and typical use for the rhythm method. Um, I don't know a single human being who even knows how to use the rhythm method, (laughs) much less actually, you know, practices that, um, you are smart enough to learn your body. There is going to be a learning curve. Um, you'll have to invest some money into it and you will have to share it with your partner. Um, but the benefits far outweigh the costs, uh, which I can't really say for birth control. Every woman I've ever talked to who's gotten off of it, it's just I mean, it's been a night and day difference. Um, I highly encourage you to go check out my blog. I've got a tab up at the top of my homepage that says um, "Real NFP Talk," and I just I list out a ton of resources, both my own blog posts. Um, I have links to you know uh, articles about how the birth control pill works, about all of the different methods. I actually just published Q and A's with instructors and users of the five different methods that I mentioned. Um, So you can actually get a comparative analysis in that article. You can also see uh, what the effectiveness statistics are, both perfect use and typical use and why it's important to know those two numbers for each method and for birth control and condoms. Um, So yeah, check it, be an advocate, be brave to ask these questions. You can do it. You're strong enough to do it. Do not believe the lies that birth control tells you that you're too stupid to figure out your body. You don't have the strength to, um, you know, to to
1: regulate these things. You absolutely are strong enough and smart enough to do this. I I think this is such an important issue, especially to teach young women. Um, I'm kind of working backwards from this and peeling back the layers myself, and so is Kirsten. But how beneficial is it going to be for our women who are going to be future leaders and have families of their own um, to teach them this at a young age so we thank you so much for joining us today and thank you for listening to this episode of engage with eagle forum please be sure to subscribe to engage and follow on twitter facebook and instagram from your house to the state house to the white house this is engage with eagle forum